welcome back to Bacon Pancast featuring Jake's Meatloaf. This is an Adventure Time podcast and we are Jake's Meatloaf. I'm Tulip. I'm Nick slash Crown Cryptid. I'm Chan slash The Human. I'm Tipsy. We support the ongoing actors and writers strikes and we do not currently endorse any streaming service for any reason. The Star... Dude, I have to come out of the gate and say, like, I think these were these were absolutely my two favorites and also, like, two of my favorite things I've ever watched in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had so much fun. These were so good. I loved them so much. Like, I have so many things. I just have to say this, like, before we, before we I get anywhere. I was wrong. I admit it, and I'm upset about it. I'm very upset about it, but you know what? Yeah, it's I mean, we're, weren't we joking? Weren't we joking last time about you know what if that baby fin is the one in the intro? That would be silly, haha. Uh, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I I I just I I really thought okay, I thought that that they were gonna go to Young Finn and Jake World, okay? Okay, but if and they, then they were gonna come, yeah. But ju- judging by what happened in all of these episodes, if they went to Young Finn and Jake World, they'd have probably destroyed it. It's for the best, yeah. you're right. But, you know, I just had to say it. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna copy Fiona and Cake's personalities. It's gonna be crazy. But I was wrong. Anyway. <laughs> First of all, like, like right away, we, we open on, like, Marceline, right? And she's running, and she finds oh, yeah. Simon. I had to, like, rewind the episode, because I was like... it. <laughs> That, that's like that's like a look-alike, right? I was like, what the fuck? It's just his shriveled, like and like bitten a thousand times. I'm just like, this is horrifying, you know? Oh my god! It just, oh. I, I don't know. My thoughts, my thoughts on these two episodes, like I, I, I think the last two were better, significantly. Um, like um there's there's using like i i think i'm starting to think that the tv 14 rating is a weakness of this miniseries because adventure time could do horrifying stuff in the original show it could do stuff equally horrifying to what it did here but it was less gratuitous about it but if you look at this episode there's so many corpses it opens up on simon's corpse and then if you look at the second episode it does some stuff that's horrifying in a sort of mean-spirited way and I think that's terrible. Well, I'm all for it. But, I mean, my my take, though, because I saw somebody on Twitter just said, like, they totally couldn't have done this without the TV-14 rating. And I'm like, no. I, like, they could show as many skeletons as they want in a TV-PG show, I would think. It's really just, like, the vampire biting in blood that... Is like a fourteen yeah. upgrade. I, I do, I do think Simon's like mangled corpse is something they might have not ha- not been able to show so explicitly before. Yeah, they they wouldn't have been able to show the flash corpses in the same way. They'd have probably been asked by CN to turn them into skeletons. Um, but also, they just never they, they they could have shown skeletons in the main show. They just never chose to because. That, that they didn't think it would be a good idea writing Rise. And, like, I, I don't necessarily think that having a load of terrifying stuff is a good writing choice. 
will agree to disagree because I loved it. <laughs> just lots just... of lots of people loved it, and I felt insane because of my reaction to these episodes because people were like, "Oh, this is incredible!" But what was interesting is more people were talking about the first episode than the second one by a significant margin. Really? Yeah. I. I mean, it's probably my my bias of me. Um, like, I feel like I need to rewatch the star because I feel like the the Jerry episode gave me gave me so much of what I want that like the star didn't even happen. Like that episode feels irrelevant wow. to, to my emotions because I thought Jerry was so interesting compared to it. Your reactions are completely wild to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. I think I'm closer to Tipsy's end of things. You know, I, I said last time that The Winter King was my favorite episode so far, and, you know, these two haven't haven't reached those heights for me. Yeah, like, The, mm-hmm. the Winter King has all sorts of highs and lows. It's a lot of fun. It's a bit, it's a bit fucked up. Um, and once you've had that, to have more episodes that's just kind of like that, oh, great, you have another doomed world. Oh, look, you have another doomed world. It's like, uh, I was hoping that the multiverse would be a bit more interesting than that. I mean that that's fair. I well, can but, see that, and that hmm. that's kind of a good thing of why this like is a miniseries, I guess. Yeah, but... I mean, the extent to which the Star World is doomed, like after the end of this episode, is ambiguous. I think we can get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, there was some critical. There, yeah, there are definitely some critical elements outside of you know because because there's like how I feel about it as an Adventure Time fan, which is. Um, the first episode I adored, and the second episode I had that, that most of it was fine, but there was one scene in there that I was absolutely disgusted by, um, which has recolored how I picture this entire miniseries and its role in the Adventure Time lore. So I'm glad that this is a miniseries because if something like that happened in the main show, well, it wouldn't happen in the main show in the same way, and um, it would have been better written. So. Um, so yeah, like like there are some things in here that are really good writing rise that they wouldn't have been able to do in the main show, but some things in here that they wouldn't do in the main show just because it would be a bad thing to do. That's my take. Curious. Well, I mean, we <laughs> should talk about more details about the episode so we can yeah, we get should. into it. So <laughs> so like they they got attacked by vamps. They made some makeshift stakes that they're really bad at using. When PB showed yeah. up in her peppermint tank. Mm-hmm. Fiona, I love that tank. Fiona really gets like the short end of the stick, doesn't she? Because Cake has these ma- Cake, because you can see like already, Cake has these magical powers that allow her to do these amazing things. And Fiona has like Fiona's just a normal human. She hasn't got any of Finn's abilities and experience, so it's not like she became a good fighter when she became her normal self. I like I like seeing Simon make the stake really fast because I sometimes forget like yeah he had to deal with all these vampires back in the day too like yeah I think about Apocalypse Ooh and you oh you always think well, about like, like the goo creatures we haven't specifically I think heard about him dealing with vampires but he would have had to I mean they were around yeah. at those times yeah well I, I I have a lore question mm-hmm. um, are vampires like did they always exist sort of thing or did they come about because radiation uh i don't think we know that for sure but i feel like it's more likely that they always existed i agree Mm. i agree with tulip um it's implied that the vampires i believe it's heavily implied that the vampires existed well before the mushroom war and that um they came out of the dark it's like wizard city the vampires existed just like wizard city they came out of the dark mm. because um because humanity had ended so they believed that it was their time to shine epic 
I never thought about that, actually. It's interesting. The first joke of this episode that I really like is when Cake is introducing herself to PB, and she says, the name's Cat. Cake. And then she spells Cake with her arm, but she spells it wrong. Yeah, that was a really good joke. I, I'm dyslexic. I didn't notice. <laughs> That's fine. I didn't notice either until my second my, my second viewing, which is she spelled it C A E K. When I saw the candy tank, I was like, "Oh my god, another alternate PB!" <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I'm happy. It was just like, "Here we go again." And then I, I was oh so I was not expecting to see a version of Princess Bubblegum in Vampire World, and I'm so glad we did because it was such a treat seeing, you know, some of the scenes with her and Marceline in this episode. Um, oh yeah it's like they've both been like like on princess bellagum's side she is at her utmost survivor type of person also Hentress wizard is a human what's what's the deal with that i actually talked about this with someone i was like i was like oh is there an implication here that like she used to be a human because this is like just like an alt like kind of alternate ooh if like simon wasn't around but then like martin was there too and I'm like, oh, no, so maybe it's an alternate timeline. But I think it's more got... like how, you know, Farm World has like a human version of Choose Goose. I don't think that's saying anything about Choose Goose in the regular timeline. I think it's just like certain personalities come up again. You know, maybe, maybe the the soul that, you know, was reincarnated into Huntress Wizard as some kind of freaky plant thing in Ooh just was a human in this one because humans aren't totally dead in this universe. Yes, yeah, that's... That's what I sort of arrived at eventually, but I, someone did ask, like, why is she human if this is, like, supposed to be the same timeline, kind of? And I was like, oh, but then Martin's also, like, his normal age. But then Martin also disappeared into Stardust, so, like, if Martin showed up anywhere, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but it was it was really fun to see them. Also... I, I, I think I joked with, like, four separate people, like, haha, what if they stole baby Finn? And then he was actually... <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, we talked about that last week. We, we thought that there was a possibility that baby Finn would join him. And then they, they did kidnap him. And Simon, Simon holding him was very cute. They were very protective of baby Finn. Also, like, all the background shots of him petting Cake, like, on her belly, I was losing my mind. It was so cute. Can I? Um... They left him. They left him in the tank, right? They left Baby Finn in the tank. Yep. yep. Oh yeah, um, I'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think by now they also started the the the, uh, the flashes to Marshall Lee and and Gary going to see his mom. And also, like, I love I love how much like Hunton she is. Like, obviously, but it's like it's so funny. Yeah. It's funny seeing like all her weird poses and stuff like that like i i forgot that that's how hudson is like it's so uncomfortable so so, so strange yeah but it's so you know it's always fun i'm like pointing at a bunch of people at the party like oh my god i know who that is or like characters i don't know who they are i still know like that they're a character and i'm like staring at them like who are you it's really fun uh like i one of the uh one of the people at the party is Tiny Manticore. I'm like, that's an interesting mm. choice. That's so yeah. funny. And, and, and you can tell that, like, it, this is interesting because Marshall, um, when Marshall made the deal with his mother to have the lemon carbs, you, Gumball, uh, 
Gary Prince's stuff. Um, he promised that he would go back to his responsibilities for whatever business they have, even though he absolutely hates it. And Gary didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. So the whole Gumball, the, the whole Gumball plot is basically the sort of you know it's showing Gary interacting and having a great time. Um, explaining his ideas to all of these investors whilst Marshall's having the worst possible night of his life because his mother is essentially humiliating him in front of everyone else. Yeah, and obviously the the parallels between them and PB and Marceline are like so I love I love how they did that and like Gary having to give up like his dream and his responsibility to be with Marshall, and he's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm like, oh my god, it's just like PB. I, I, <laughs> I really want to dive into that. I really want to dive into the parallels of those two scenes, because it's very difficult to discuss them separately. Or one by one. Can you talk about the, like, the end of the episode thing? Yeah. Well, we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> we can, we can, we can do that after, right? <laughs> We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there for sure. Um, Martin being here is interesting. He didn't do much in the episode, but it's just like his presence is impactful. He winked and died, which is kind of exactly what he did in the main series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like Martin here is like a good person. He, he's I mean, he's le- he's legit. He's sincere. I'm, he it kind of seems that way, right? But I I I, I feel that it's unclear. Because he also die, he also dives horribly, and I kind of get the feeling that they they wanted us to be like, haha, yeah, he deserves it because he's Martin, but he was acting know. like fine in the episode. I didn't feel like he was any different than he normal. Like I know Martin as a character is kind of scummy, but he also like you know he, he he's a complicated man. Come on, like, he, he said cares about people. He said pay it forward. Since when would Martin say that? Let's be real. And I think my friend, one of my friends, Mary. Um, she pointed out something hilarious, which is that this is a good Martin, and he died. He died because he helped Fiona protect people, whereas the Martin that we know would have stayed in that tank and ran and ran off with it. Yeah. Immediately, he would he, he would have stayed in that tank even if PB ordered him to stop and drove off with it and left them all there to die. But there's and and like it's kind of tragic because you have this nice version of Martin who Fiona doesn't even realize is an alternate version of her mother and um maybe she hasn't met her mother oh my god that's true i didn't think about that like she takes his jacket which people talked about in the intro and i have to say congrats on everyone who thought it was Martin's jacket you're correct yeah i mean i just i couldn't comprehend what context like i i would have just thought they would have found like a skeleton of Martin or something like that and took it like just from how the intro scene looks. Cause it's, it was clearly his same jacket, but it's like, how are they going to fit Martin into this? And they just kind of did. <laughs> it's like, okay, there yeah. he is. And, like there's some fan service. And Martin got along with both baby Finn and the adult Fiona in a way that he never get, got along that no alternate version of him ever got along with Finn. Um, though we do have farm world Martin, who appeared to be a, a an okay father, if a bit of a deadbeat. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's really tragic because you have a good version of Martin, and he dies because he's good. He dies because he's not a scumbag. <laughs> yeah, and I saw um, Jagum's post about this episode, 
which I might be mentioning a couple times because I read that and, and he noticed some things that I did not. Uh, he said that like Finn might just not exist in Vamp World because like if the humans never went to the islands, which I don't know. I, I, like, see that that was that was the part I hadn't considered. I, I just had kind of assumed that Martin's backstory was largely the same, and maybe the Guardian protects the islands from vampires. But that was, the vampires were the problem before they even left to go to the islands. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah, like um, it seems like Huntress is a human as well. Why isn't she? Could easily be a mutant. She could easily just be a mutant Huntress wizard. But um, she and Martin are both there, and they're both human. PB is the only mutant that we see in the episode, and a bunch of the zombies that well, the vampires use are also humans. There is, there is a scene where they briefly like drive the tank past the dead body of Billy, uh, and Billy yeah. is a mutant, right? <laughs> there is so much Billy like, corpse in this episode. Like poor <laughs> Billy. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that, that that had me like. You know, I, I saw PB, and then I remembered, oh yeah, PB kind of existed, you know, a long time ago as a lot of gum or whatever. Um, so that didn't bother me. But when I saw the Billy cameo, I was like, wait, but there are humans here. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. It probably does. It's like, it's fine. I just was confused for a second. Yeah, it, it's weird because, like, you know, they always seemingly accidentally think everything out so well. But, like, there's, yeah, stuff like that in this episode where it's, like, the the connections aren't really clear. But ultimately, we're probably not supposed to be thinking about it as much as we are. But also, like, every other episode has had us think about things. So it's, like, it makes sense for us to think. But, you know, I, I feel like it's maybe just whatever. Like, Martin's here. Huntress Wizard's there. You know, it's just, there they are. I paused on a... I paused on a frame in the tank and I was like, if you showed, I wish I had the picture. I can probably go back and get it. But I was like, if you showed this to me 10 years ago, I would have been like, that's the most fake shit I've ever seen in my life. It was like, <laughs> it was like baby Finn petting cake, Fiona on the side. Then like Simon's there and, 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 and Martin. And then like, <laughs> I'm like, this is fake as fuck, but it's real. It's so bizarre. Imagine, imagine seeing a screenshot of yeah, you're right. Imagine seeing a screenshot of that in 2014. Yeah, like I'd I'd be cool. I'm like, why is why is Finn a baby and Fiona's just there and like why is Simon there too? If it's like, what is this? Like, oh my god, that'd be craziest leak ever that I'd never believe. Was um, um, was Scarab in this episode at all? Yeah, very briefly, that... yes, because you know he, his thing more so happens in the next one. But he, we we did just get the scene where he kind of got the rug pulled out from under him. He gets taken away for not doing his job okay. right. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> we will. Were we gonna forget it before we reach that bar? Um, That's a big oh, no, part I of mean, the next I episode. Mean what it's like later, the whole people. Okay, so so what is what is the next section? What is the next section? Because I can't remember the order of the events in this episode. I just remember a big swarm of everything. Well, they this is where they assault the uh, they they assault the. Well, actually, I guess Marceline shows up first, murders people. Um, I love the PB line where she's like, "I'm not a loser." Yeah, <laughs> she like cares so much what marceline thinks of her yeah i mean or i mean or you could also say people in general it's like the like you know she 
but like I'm sure Marceline, like in particular. Yeah, Marce- uh, PB is at her most unhinged masculine self in this. Like she is her worst self in this um, in this episode, but she's still trying. And I find that interesting. Even though PB is her worst self, uh, she's still trying to save the world. But she also doesn't care for all of the little people inside of it. You don't think she cares for the little people? No. Like, like she said that she stopped for the oh, cat. Oh, duh. <laughs> she stopped for the cat. But she does, I feel like she does see, uh, I feel like she does see Huntress and Martin as, like, useful. Uh, as as good as good soldiers at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, I, I love the scene where Fiona was asking about ways to kill vampires, and Huntress was like, "Yeah, yeah, dude, I've done I've it." Done that. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, great. can a vampire get a splinter and have it go through their bloodstream and get to the heart? Yeah, dude, I've done that. That, that is the <laughs> most Finn the human moment that Fiona has had in this miniseries so far. Yeah, it was, it was cute. But yeah, then they infiltrate. And Marceline has the coolest outfit well, that first, I've ever first, seen her. Well, um, first, their tank got flipped over by, like, a stake trap on the ground. Why a stake? Why did they use a stake trap? They could have used anything, and they just used... The vampires made a stake trap. Well, I guess it's, like... This is the thing. This is... I was confused by this, and I have to think about it a little bit to come to a conclusion. But it's probably something maybe they set up, or other vampire hunters set up, but they happened to run into it accidentally. Oh yeah, that's an interesting thought. Like, it wasn't even... Uh, I mean, I guess they could have repurposed it like a vampire hunter did it, because they clearly knew about it, because they're the ones who cut the rope that set it off. I'm like, that is weird that they're messing with stakes. And then we have the amazing appearance of Marceline, who is not the, called the Vampire Queen in this one. She is called the Star. Star. And for anyone who doesn't already know, the Star is one of the major arcana that was not used in the Stakes miniseries. You have the Moon, the Empress, uh, the what the heck? What the heck was his name? The Hierophant. The Hierophant. And the the Star, and that's Marceline. That's incredible. The fool. Yeah. I'm al- I'm almost mad at myself for when the like because they always put out the titles like a day or two before and I didn't realize that title and I was it seems really obvious in hindsight. But... So something else Jigum said was that because Marceline is flying in this episode implies that she still killed the fool. Oh my god, you're right, and he, he doesn't show up in it. She probably it, this is something that always happens in every universe. Yeah. Well, well, all the other, all the other like head vamps are like dead now. Cause uh, was it PB who said like the star outlasted all the other vampire king's court members or something? Did she say well, that? Yeah, PB said that. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Wow. So it's just her and the king. That's why we don't see the hair of it anyway. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting when she was talking to the other vampires. She specifically, she was like, Dad wouldn't like that. And I was like, so Vampire King is her father figure in this universe. Oh, yeah, you you jump straight to that. I mean, I assumed, like, Hansen just thought all this is cool and, and is encouraging it or something. Um, Hansen, um, you know something, Jagam again, Jagam again, we need to, honestly, we need to link him. Um, he pointed <laughs> out that Marceline doesn't have her axe base, which means that Simon is the reason she met Hansen in the first place. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. You know, the, the, the whole opening, the like cold open in this episode where a big looming shadow finds her, like that's definitely the Vampire King. And like, he, he, he took yeah. her in ever since then. 
and Marceline is just so flirtatious here. She's so evil. She mm-hmm. reminds me of her early season self if she was actually evil. Um, she blows a kiss to PB and taunts her and calls her a loser and she kills Martin for fun. Like, she doesn't just kill him. She sucks his soul first yeah. and then kills him. <laughs> and then Simon says, you know, you two are dating where I come from and PB almost chops his head off. Oh my god, I forgot to mention that scene. I loved that scene. It was like, where I'm from, you you two, fe- you two are in love or fell in love. And I was like, oh my god. And, and that is something <laughs> that they were never able to say on the normal Adventure Time. Yeah. yeah, I guess that was part of the reason why I was like full body chills at that. <laughs> just, and also the, the delivery, obviously. Tom Kenny is just the best, but... Uh, Imagine being so PB nice. and being told that you're... Um, slightly homoerotic nemesis um, was your life partner in a different universe. Imagine being an Adventure Time fan uh, 11 years ago and having that clip sent to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Pretty much anything from the miniseries would be like, that's fake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, her outfit was so... Oh my god, I love it so much. I mean, consistently, every design in the whole miniseries has been amazing. But definitely Marceline there too was super cool. Like that's very that's an extremely cosplayable thing. I hope people and do that. PB and Marcy, whilst massively fucked up by this universe, they're very silly characters. They're very funny characters. Mm-hmm. Um, like PB still has her Timmy mug. She's still super like insecure and stuff. And she's still wearing pink. And the tank is peppermint butler. Um, uh, and like I enjoy, and Marceline is just her old self, but evil. And I enjoy that bit of levity because a lot of this miniseries is just bleak. So having these fun characters involved makes it more enjoyable, in my opinion. Agree. Yeah, I mean her name is her name is Princess Bubblegum. Yeah, it's funny by <laughs> default. Well, except. <laughs> I think I think her name is just Bonnie in this universe. She's not a she's not a princess, I think. Yeah, her name is yeah, Bonnie Bubblegum because she doesn't have a candy kingdom. She's still a princess to me. I also I love I love the creativity behind the vampire king using the crown to make it eternally night, just like controlling the clouds. I'm like, oh that's a cool like little way to make him have a reason to be wearing the crown. It's also interesting, like how unaffected he is by it. Like, I'm like, ooh, that speaks to his, like, power, I suppose. He just does, like, he's normal with it on. It's just, it's just interesting. Maybe he's not. Maybe there is something wrong. Maybe he does have a bit of the crown yeah, in his head. I don't know. Like, maybe, but I feel like if there was something, they would have, like, hinted to it a little yeah. bit. Like, he just... You know, they, uh, they made Ice Prince's sword. They made Ice Prince's sword um, look like the ice thing to indicate that he still had a bit of the a bit of a crown bug inside of him. And I think that I think that the um Vampire King, yes, you're completely right. He's more powerful than anyone else who has worn the crown. He seems to be he appears to be immune to it. But there is no there is no balance in this world. Because the Vampire King has the crown, it has lost all of its balance. So would that Did they be- say that he made the cloud like from the crown's power yes they did yeah. say that yeah okay i thought he just had his own power that did that and yeah that's know. why that's why they traveled with bonnebel because um they agreed to get the crown together um also like it's unfortunate that their plan like pb's plan was just gonna fail from the get-go 
it didn't fail because of Fiona and Simon or anything, even though they bested up by getting Martin killed. But it it was a bunk plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It, it was doomed. Cause just because Huntress couldn't do her part, you mean? Yeah, she's like, up against the Vampire King. <laughs> it was kind of yeah. I mean, I I thought she was like. Because, like, she gave her the piece of gum, which was, I hated that. She just, like, bit her arm. Oh, that was great. I, gave her I, the... It made me think, like, why haven't they done that kind of joke several times before? Because it's I gory. swear they've done it at least once. Well, the th- here's like... the thing about that. Is that when she did that, there was, like, one second where you could see some darker pink stuff under the bit of arm she ripped off. And that they couldn't do... I think, or they wouldn't have done in the main show. But her just like biting off a piece of her arm because it's gum, they could have, they absolutely would have done that. Okay, but let's be real. Princess Bogum shot it into like 16 pieces in the season two finale. True. But you saw her. I think, she had, I think she just had like, like meat inside of her. Like, you know, like it, it's just like a circle for like a bone. Like that's how it usually looks in cartoons. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it looked like in that. Yeah. Can you remind me of exactly like, what, when that happened? What we call? Um, when Ice King throws her, she fell down and shattered, and then they couldn't, and all of the pieces of her had apparently oh, yeah. been corrupted, so they could only make a tiny princess bubblegum. That was wild. Mm. Okay, thank you. Uh, when PB was, like, explaining the, the plan that that failed t- to the others, she was, like, using Cake's head as, like, a drawing board and made little figures out of her, like, stretchy skin, which is just, like, gross. <laughs> it's funny. It's just, it's terrifying to think about, because, like, Huntress Wizard, it's like, he was asleep, all she had to do was, like, because she obviously is a really good shot, she just had to shoot a gum arrow at the crown and yank it off, but then it's just, like, he probably just, like, caught the arrow midair while he's sleeping and just fucking mm-hmm. destroyed her. Okay, so, it's terrifying. did anyone else think that the Vampire King was dead? What, like, because, like, we, we saw him a couple oh, yeah, times yeah, yeah. in the episode before he started fighting, and he was just, like, sitting completely still. I didn't think that, but when I was watching with Dom, she was like, I, I thought he was just dead the entire time. <laughs> I thought he was dead, and Marceline was just, you know, using him as a figurehead to, like, reign over the world. I mean, I guess that's an interesting idea, too. But if he died, wouldn't Marceline, like, would she automatically become the next king? Or that I guess that's not how it works? I, I, I guess she would become... It's hard to say because um, the specific nature of how he died in the original show, um, he turned her exactly the same time that he died. But she might die because she's one of his. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, but... Gosh, Marceline. Um, first of all, Huntress Wizard was impaled by her own arrows. So mm-hmm. it's like he deflected. He either shot her with her own bow or he deflected all of her arrows. That, that makes sense. Because he did a he did a kind of a force push on Simon, too. Yeah. He, he just killed her with her own equipment. It's sad. It wasn't that gory, though. I'm glad that it wasn't that gory. Because it's like, you know, he is this sad moment of failure. Um, but also Marceline scene. Uh, we we can't. We need to talk about Marceline scene mm-hmm. in the bedroom because mm-hmm. that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like Tulip, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, I don't know. It was just. Well, first of all, gay. That <laughs> <laughs> that you know why, why didn't you just kill her? And she got so mad about that, and then she kills one of the one of the minions, and then the other one, like, kills itself. <laughs> it's, a, it's dark. It's dark, but it's a good joke. I laughed at it. 
Uh, they, they, they didn't, like, uh, okay, so I didn't mention, like, cake biting the heads off the vampires earlier in the episode, because even though it was messed up, it was, like, a level of messed up that Adventure Time would do normally, right? She just, just hmm. bites their heads off and they explode. That, that is Adventure Time violence right there. Um, in this scene, you see their necks distort as they tear off their heads. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit scary. But, yeah, they just kill... The second one just kills himself before Marceline can do it for him. But the reason the reason it kills itself is because the first one asked why Marceline doesn't kill PB already if she's such a pain. And Marceline's yeah. like, are you questioning my orders? And her eyes turn red and fiery like in the early episodes because she doesn't have the answer for why she doesn't kill PB. She, she doesn't know. It's like they have they have this hate they have this kismesis ship going on they have this hate romance going on and neither of them has has like the they just can't stay away from each other yeah exactly they're so obsessed like she doesn't kill PB she always kills one of PB's subordinates instead to taunt her and cause her a loser and blows her kisses it's so gay <laughs> and Simon watches on in despair yeah. Because they have this conversation that I nearly forgot to mention, um, which is that Simon and Fiona realises, as Simon describes how he raised Marceline, Fiona realises that perhaps this was a Marceline that never had Simon. Oh my god, that line. That was like, hit me in the gut. She perhaps, maybe she didn't have a you. And then Simon replies, she didn't have a me. It's, he's, he's really broken by that. And, like, Simon's entire character is... He, he starts off this miniseries not understanding his own worth. No, you know he, like, wants to help her, even now. Yeah, and that's another strength for this miniseries. Even though you have these horrible, violent, Rick and Morty-style Doom timelines where everyone dies, the characters still... The, the main characters still feel for all of these doomed people. They see them as the actual people. And Simon really wants to help this version of Marceline, even though he can do nothing for her because he was never her father in his world. But also, like, he probably helps him put it into perspective, like, because he's like, I'm, I'm useless, and he's like, like, the difference that he made in her life, like, how much self-worth that must give him, hopefully. <laughs> like, or at least have him feel something in that regard. I love that conversation. Yes. Yeah. And they leave some garbos behind, and one of the ones that Fiona was handling turns into a normal garlic, and that raises questions, I think, because the garbos aren't magic, are they? <laughs> they're magic. They're, they're princess bubblegum tech, so they're probably a little bit magical. I guess, like, I mean, it's also, like, it could just be like like Fiona and Cake are turning things like their most basic boring self. It doesn't have to be like getting rid of magic. It could yeah. just be well, like yeah, well, it's, well, it's like us turning things into the versions of those things from their world as it currently. I mean, is. not even just that too. It makes sense from like a Golb perspective. Like, not that we know any connection with that, but like that's what Golb does when he eats. That's stuff. true. Oh yeah, you're right. It turns it into this most basic self. Uh, who huh. knows? I didn't think about that, smart boy. But yeah, in the in the next episode, something that's also 
by some definition, non-magical gets turned into an everyday object from Fiona's world. So I think I think you're on the money that it yeah. just happens to it just happens to everything. Um, they turn into the Fiona and Kate world version of itself, not necessarily just a non-magical version of itself. I'm trying to like. So where where are we now? We're on the final. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Towards the end of the episode, there's more and more Gary and Marshall scenes spliced in, with lots of human background cameos. Once again, thank you, Jagum, to pointing many of those out. He's very smart <laughs> at finding <laughs> Easter eggs and stuff. Uh, but one of the ones that I clocked on my first time through was like Bandit Princess and Kioth hanging out together. Oh, I didn't. I couldn't tell who the other person was. That makes sense. That is Kioth. Honestly, I think Magic Man and Maja are the only ones that I had time to actually notice. <laughs> I did a lot of pausing. <laughs> yeah, which which Magic Woman being there and you know wearing the outfit with the hat and everything. It's kind of funny, I think, because, like, previously, we had seen Magic Woman's hat around just the city, I think, and I kind of thought that that was maybe some kind of subconscious Betty reference, but she's just, like, here. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe she, you know, she she's at this big business conference yeah. with Ms. Avedere. So, so maybe... let me clarify. Um, it was a hotel. <laughs> there was Magic Man hotels, Magic Woman hotels. So it makes sense that she's here because just like Abdiya, she has a great big business. And in this case, yeah. it's the hotel business. Well, there was that. And then there's also in this episode, we see like a hat rack with the Magic Man hat on it. But then also in the same, you know, in the same building, she's walking around wearing her hat also. <laughs> she's got a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> it's trendy. The trendy hat. Everybody has one. And of course, there's a humanized version of uh, Gridface Princess, uh, which I have to mention because I love Gridface Princess. Oh yeah, I caught that one too. <laughs> so Abadia begins her speech um, about Marshall Lee, and Marshall's like, "Please don't, please don't." And then she talks about um, how Marshall Lee has made a lot of mistakes, lots and lots and lots of mistakes, and is going to be joining her. And on her empire and Gary's watching this and he hasn't known Marshall for very long but he can tell that he's being shipped up and forced into doing something that he doesn't want to do and that it's because and then he finds out it's because of his bakery idea and you get this moment which is juxtaposed with Simon confronting the vampire king Simon yells Vampire King, you are a bad dad. Yeah, I love that. And <laughs> at the same time, in in circumstantial simultaneousness, whatever Kim calls it, um, Gary says, "Miss Abadia, you are a bad mom." And it's like the it's in one way, in some ways, the events of the Fiona and Cake world are influenced by what Simon's viewing at mm -hmm. any given moment. Um. But this was just th this whole parallelism of the two worlds. Whilst you have um, Bubblegum and Marceline fighting to the death in one world, you have a thematically relevant situation in the Filner and Cake coffee shop AU where Gary and Marshall are getting closer and closer. And I think. Yes, oh my god. And PB and Marcy fell off their big dome. And, you know, they're trying to kill each other, but. 
Marcy says, like, if you stake me now, you'll die too, because they're falling, obviously, from a great height. Together, then! And then it just cuts away to the boys kissing. And, like, the episode ends. Yeah. Do you think that she staked her there? Like, I thought that was the implication. I, I feel like the kiss has got to be a parallel to them, like, killing each other in a, in a, yeah. in a classic gay tragedy kind of way. It's Yuri. Yeah. But we don't see it happen. I mean, that's fine. I like that we do. No, I like it. I like it as an, as an yeah. artistic thing. But, you know, it's ambiguous. Maybe maybe they survived and they ended up in a happy relationship. It's like, it's like Farmworld. Um, the same thing happened in Farmworld, right? Um, Finn got smashed into the ground and we didn't linger around long enough to see if everything was fine for him. Um, in this case, it appears that we have a Yuri tragedy on our hands whilst the boys are kissing happily. Um, and I agree, I agree there. They left it ambiguous because it's more, first of all, it's more emotional that way. Um, mm. it, it would be, the moment might be ruined if you actually see them die, because seeing someone die is kind of jarring in its own way. Yeah. It was perfect. It was perfect the way it is. You know, the, the normal boys had their gayest moment kissing, going down the elevator, and the, the fucked up girls had their gayest moment just, like, mutually killing each other yeah. <laughs> while falling. Yeah, exactly. You, you get it. I have to, I have to clarify, they went up the elevator. Yep. It's very important because... The promo art showed them hanging out on top of the building, so they did a Kingdom Hearts moment. Oh, you're right. <laughs> like, the promo art shows what they did at the end of the episode. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, we forgot. We left out before all that happens. Cake was trying to steal the crown, and Fiona wouldn't let her, because Fiona's starting to freak out. Like, okay, like we're actually going to get hurt. This is not okay. And... Uh, messes up Cake's attempts, and also what a great line, which is Vampire King sees her, and she says, you're kind of hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you got chicken, chicken feet, <laughs> or whatever. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, assuming PB and Marcy are dead, which is likely, you may wonder, is, is Vamp World another doomed world then? And I think the only reason Baby Finn like, the only reason for Baby Finn being there is maybe that, you know, he's going to grow up and he's going to kill the VK and save everyone eventually. He's going to be raised by Peppermint Butler Tank. He hasn't got a Jake or anything. He's just going to be a monster. That was what I was going to bring up. Uh, I was like, you know, like, the, the Finn running in the intro, like, I don't think babies could sprint like that. I'm pretty sure the implication is that he grows up and becomes a vampire hunter. So my new... My new baby Finn theory is that we're going to get a classic montage at the end of this series and it's going to show like what the multiverses are up to at the end and one of the shots is going to be Finn being a vampire hunter. So that's my new... I really hope that, and I have, like, a crack theory. Like, if that does happen, I have a small crack theory about the following episode um, and, and how that would be shown in the montage. But I think it would be really sweet if we do get a moment where we review all of the universes that appear to be bleak and desolate, and we see how they have rays of hope. That's le- like they they have. That's like the entire miniseries. Like you know, that's like the theme of the entire miniseries. So they'll probably yeah, do that. Yeah, and if they if they and if I, they don't do it, I'm going to be asking, what was the point of all of that? Because what is the point of showing these bleak multiverses instead of you know something more fun and engaging? Um, 
like, you know, we could have had any sort of world. We could have had a robot world or a peppy world. Peppy world. All the characters are peppies. Imagine that. Uh, they went to a baby world for, like, 15 seconds. Yeah, the baby world. <laughs> we should get, like, we, we get, like, a shot of the baby world and Jake is just really sad because Finn's gone. All right, well, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just... It's just funny. It shows the difference between Tipsy and I's taste because I'm like gobbling up all the sad worlds and bleakness. I'm like, this is amazing. This is great. And like, pro- like, I love the episode, but still, like, the Ice Prince episode was probably my least favorite. And that's like your favorite. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> we're opposites. And to me, dark moments are accentuated when lightness shines besides them. Yeah. So quickly before we move on, the end credits of the star shows Fiona and Cake dreaming about Marceline's house and her cave, but it's like upside down and it's got bat wings. I don't know what that means. You know, a lot a lot of the notes I wrote down in this are like what does that mean? Oh for I mean for <laughs> And that's all I'm really saying. But like, I don't know, it's it's a symbolic representation of Marceline, obviously it's her house. But it's not like someplace she had ever been to in the Star universe. Yeah, it's like an abstract version of Marceline's house that Fiona probably dreamt of back when, um, back when she was in the Land of Earth. Hmm. Do you think that's what all? Do you think that's what all the credit dreams are? That 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 those were just things Fiona and Cake dreamed about, like they had the Ice Prince dream in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, because they're like seeing like. Simon fuzzy memories and putting their own spin on them, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Like, okay, that makes sense. I like that. Because I started thinking about it this time, and I was like, oh man, I really... They're they're not gonna. There's no way they would. But I really hope it doesn't end up as some kind of it was all a dream ending. No, they would never. <laughs> they would never. <laughs> I say as I sweat and look at the camera. I'm gonna be real. They might tease that idea. Like, they have gone back into the normal world after all. Maybe they'll play with that idea and then they'll remember what actually happened and want to do something about it. Sorry, say everything you said again to me because I wasn't listening. Oh, screw you. you. I'll repeat myself. No, it was because I was reading my notes for the next episode to check something, so I was distracted. (laughs) Say it again. Thank you. I can't. I've already forgotten what I said. What? It's been like four seconds! (laughs) I'm sorry! Does anyone else remember? (laughs) Sorry, Daniel, can you listen to the podcast to find out? Jesus, okay, (laughs) never mind, move on. Jerry. Jerry. Jerry is my dog's name, for the record. Oh, (laughs) Oh my god. First of all, I love the, uh, I live for, like, quiet talks by a campfire. I love Fiona and him talking. It was really, really cute. Mm-hmm. I was eating it all up, and oh my god, all the Betty scenes. So as this episode begins, we see Fiona, um, Cake, and Simon teleporting using the fairly broken controller into a different world, a very special world, one that, that has existed for a long time and that we know about from the series. Um, Technically, um, yes, although, man, I never, like, thought about it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it took pe- me, people like, a got second. Stuff, people got me thinking about that, too, and now I'm like, this is even cooler than I thought it was originally. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't realize it on my first watch. Like, I kind of did, but, like, not, like, the exact connections, I guess. 
Because, again, my first watches are, like, my brain is emotionally scrambled, and I basically remember nothing. Like, someone's like, oh, I love that episode. Uh, BMO is so cute. And I'll be like, BMO was in that episode? <laughs> <laughs> actually, but, like, uh, it's, like, stuff like that. I'm so scrambled. So, but, we, 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 everyone who's listening to this podcast has seen the episode. We can we can say that the premise of this is it's the world where everyone's dead because the Lich wished for it. Yeah. Yes. So um, you don't you don't you don't know it first. You're like, this is some weird bone. This is some weird desert world where everything is bone or something. Um, even mm-hmm. the house. And when I first saw the treehouse, I thought it was the farmyard house for some reason, which makes me think that the farmyard house is the treehouse. Um, Maybe. But we saw we saw Finn and Jake's treehouse. It was also made of bone. It also turned into a skeleton, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. And... Uh, you know, on my, on my second viewing of this episode, I like went insane seeing the title card because you know it just says Jerry and there's some like electric sparks coming off it, which is like what happens at the end of the episode when Simon's remembering Betty and the portal opens and we don't know what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> it's right here in the title card. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's uh, Michael Michael Forge. Is that right? Yeah, Michael DeForge's art. This is the title part of the episode. And um, Kate is pissed. So pissed. Because she was so close to nabbing the Ice Crown from the Vampire King. And if she'd nabbed the Ice Crown, then not only would that world have been saved, um, they'd also have the Ice Crown. And they would be able to put it on Simon and curse his poor little brain and go back into their world as a magical master world. But you begin to see these great divisions between Kate and Fiona in this episode. Because yeah. Fiona Fiona's getting a bit messed up by these horrible adventures they've been through and how everyone is getting hurt. She feels bad for it, which I can appreciate because she should. But it's like yeah. it, in the in the escape. <laughs> she's like realizing people, what's real. Yeah. And, and she, like she's, she's she's come around in this one on like realize well not only does she not want to hurt, you know, bystanders, she doesn't want to curse Simon because that would hurt him too. Yeah, and she's starting to like like when she when she and Kate first heard about Simon's plan, they didn't realise they they don't they didn't understand what that would mean for Simon because he never told them. Um but now that they've met him and they found out he's actually like pretty cool or at least Fiona has she's she listens to his backstory throughout the episode as well. Um, and connects with him because Kate is so distant from her right now and doesn't want to talk to her. He's the only one she can talk to. Um, and you really see some character development because at the beginning of this miniseries, Fiona was um, was like Finn. Um, she was given a sword and told that she's from a magical world and she was like, awesome, let's kill some people. But she's going through his character up on fast track. Yeah, no. Um, it was funny when Simon started saying the story and she said, you're right, it is boring. I was like, I swear to God, Fiona, <laughs> you better let him finish. And I'm so glad she was like, just kidding. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank God. There, there's a moment very early in this episode that I want to talk about. And that's when, you know, they're, they're starting a fire and Simon uses the Mle magazine from Fiona's backpack as, you know, kindling and he says well so much for art and that there is no way that's not intentional because the whole bleh episode of the original series was about like 
coming to terms with the series ending, basically. <laughs> and then with this being a like reboot of the series, and obviously oh the, you know Simon and Fiona are sitting here, and that was a Finn and Ice King episode. So it's like alternate versions of both of them in a way, kind of, and an alternate version of Bleh. And he's burning it and saying, well, that sucks. I did. I would have never. Like, I I really hope they're not saying that, you know, continually reviving Adventure Time back from the dead every few years is like killing its soul or something. I hope that's not what they're saying, because I'm enjoying this, you know? If that was Adam Eaton's opinion, then he should stop pitching. He should stop pitching revival series to Cartoon Network. Yeah. If it was anybody's opinion, this show wouldn't be as fucking good as it is. <laughs> I think it's a lighthearted joke, like, because the old episode, like you said, was about, like, you know, the show being over. And they're like, they're like, it comes to terms with their whatever. But this, they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, we're burning this. Like, it's more of a lighthearted never mind. I don't think it's, like, weird. I don't think the creators are, like, we're gonna, like... Like, so much for what we've... Like, I don't know. It's not as bleak as you're making it sound. Like, I just... I, I, I don't want... Like, I don't like that interpretation, but it's the only one that makes sense to me with all the context. Yeah. No, I thought it was because it was the last piece of art in that universe. Yeah, maybe we're overthinking it. <laughs> but, like, it's Blair. That's That's gotta mean something. Well, I think he's... I, I think it's just because he's burning a book. I think that's it. That's the end of the joke. I have my suspicions. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm with you, Tipsy. Listen, That's all no, I took it as, but it's interesting. <laughs> what no saying, no other Adventure Time it. podcast is going to have this discussion. So we're, 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 that's how deep we're into it. <laughs> <laughs> Bimo. Um, no. It's like so... It's like the same feeling for me of like seeing him in the finale. Just like this distant, like... I don't know. Diff- I mean, it wasn't bleak in this finale of the show, but like just like having this familiar character, and also it's interesting because it's like Fiona and Cake are like, "Oh, who's this?" But Simon is like being reunited with someone he knows, and he's so happy to see him. And I'm like, "Oh my god, he's so cute." They chose Bimo for a specific reason. Um, the only reason I can see Bimo being the character they bump into in this world is because Bimo is such a ray of sunshine. Um, and also Bimo is always the last survivor in Mm -hmm. the main show when everyone else has been dead for a thousand years. When the world has moved on, Bimo remains and continues to be the exact same. And even here, in this world where everything has been destroyed, Bimo continues to exist as, again, the final ray of light in this dark, desperate world. And that ray of light gets destroyed. I have a lot to say about that moment, but that ray of light gets destroyed. And that's Bimo's purpose in the episode, to show just how dark and desperate this world is by contrasting it with his own personality. Yeah. Also, Bimo's, like, classic play-acting, you know, delays the, the realization of what world they're in. And even, like, uh you know, how this all happened. Like, it makes sense that Bimo would be immune to that. So it's like, it just yeah. works in a lot of ways. But shouldn't only ever but, watch well, Bimo as well? Was Neptor immune? Dude! Is Neptor I, okay? <laughs> I wrote that as a note. I wrote, is Neptor dead in capital letters? 
It's just so, yeah, I don't know. Mifflin Mary joked that Bimo probably killed Nectar or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> just like... Just like started killing Neptor, and he's like, "No, Neptor, it's it's for the play. Like we're just playing around." As like <laughs> Neptor's being smashed, is like, "No, just stay in character." <laughs> yeah, that is something Beamer would do, I admit. Yeah, yeah. In their treehouse, there's a little there's a little sticky note that says "BRB Finn," uh, reference to um, Temple of Mars. Not the only one, or was it Blaze? Um, it was. It was. It was. First of all, it was uh, the. First investigation, um, and then it was talked about in Bananas. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was a, there was a whole little arc at the end of the series, but I, I think he left that in Temple of Mars. Uh, I, and anyway, not the only I, reference to that episode in this episode. I mean, he has to have because if we're going with the theory that this is season five world, then he couldn't have done it later. I thought that that was the whole point. I thought he did it earlier. Yeah, he just used to leave a bunch of BRB notes. I mean, that that the like in a canon. In canon, you know, implications of this is, yeah, this is just something Finn does. He did it earlier as well. Yeah. yeah. But the time that we saw, the first time we saw it in the show was very late. This okay. is not something I remember at all. So, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember if he did that, like, when they were going to, like, Prismo's time room or something around those episodes. But, yeah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't shown doing it, but that's always been his signature, and Bimo has, like, a, a, like a huge collection of their Be Right Back notes taken from over the years. Yeah, well, that's cute. Um, so they're walking and breaking my heart because Bimo's excitedly telling Cake about Jake, and, mm. like, she's just like, do you have any more stories about the dog me? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, stop, please. <laughs> and then we're back to simon and betty again yeah yeah i love his presentation i know the the like slideshow jokes are so funny <laughs> that and also like imagine like i guess being hired or accepted to like do like a, a presentation at a library and having the employee being like do you really believe in this shit i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they're so laughing at him uh are there any but... magic beans and he showed a picture of the magic beans from the pods Oh my god, yeah, and then there was, like, the, the lamb from the show, and the wand of disbursement and everything. Mm. I'm like, oh my god, so many references. And the ancient wizards from Wizard City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. How did he get that picture? What was that drawn in? Uh, he just, uh, he just drew it, and by coincidence happened to imagine exactly what they looked like. <laughs> Listen, there's no way he drew it, because you just reminded me he drew Betty, and it was so bad <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess he drew it with a stick and in the dirt, so it's not, like, exactly the best art medium, but, like, I like the idea that he's a horrible artist, so I I don't know. Yeah, um, and Betty, it turns out, was obsessed with Simon from day one. It's true, she she read all his work and, and all that stuff. I, I, I don't know, I, I liked their whole relation. like, I feel like it was, it all felt really natural anyway, like, it wasn't, they weren't just, like, shoehorning them together, I thought they were adorable. Yeah, and, I, I just think, overall, I mean, I, I've said this before about, like, like, romance in cartoons is so uncommon, but I mean, like, this is a romance between, like, like, adults, like, like, you know, what, what like, 30-ish or slightly younger adults, like, it's just so surreal seeing this have such such significance in a in a, a kids cartoon, isn't it? You know, it's not anymore. Yeah, like 
it's very cute. It's very sweet. Um, and it's also knowing where Betty's arc goes, uh, kind of the beginning of her corruption arc as well. Mm-hmm. well. This is jumping ahead, but I love later on when when Fiona's like, oh, so you went on the bus with her? And he yeah. was like, what? No, why would I? <laughs> like, that's so interesting. Nobody's talking about that. I find that so interesting. During that whole scene, the whole flashback part of that scene, I was like, get on the bus. The bus is going to leave. You can talk to her on the bus. <laughs> You're so right. You're so right. And these scenes, and it's, it's basically, Fiona's basically calling out right there. Like, Simon doesn't even realize how much Betty was sacrificing to, you know, be exactly. with him. And he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even consider doing, like, he, yeah, he's trying to sacrifice himself now. But he doesn't even consider, like, following her dreams. He, he doesn't think her dreams are as important. Yeah, which is the other which is the other um, Temple of Mars reference because that was the episode where we learned that Betty gave up a big expedition trip to be with Simon, and then you know yeah. everything spiraled out of control a little while after can, that. Can I say that the con- continuity of this is incredible because there's lots of like descriptions of Simon and Betty's first meeting um, in the show, and none of them are the same as the next. And this episode has all of them, mm-hmm. and it's like you know. Fiona calling out Simon kind of I mean it's it's not like you know he's secretly a bad person or anything it's just like I don't know considering things from another angle right yeah and I I think it's so interesting because it's like people and that, that soon don't in the next one who knows yeah, people that don't have memory that much of like the main series or whatever like you know people that are just, just so ship happy for these two characters they're going to watch all this stuff in this episode and be like, this is cute. I love it. But just that one line of like, you know, why didn't you go on the bus with her? Like, that is such a perfect, very subtle, like, things aren't actually perfect with this romance. It's kind of a weird dynamic, but it's not even like it's like a problematic dynamic or anything like that. It's just like this. No, it's just it's flawed, just like weird, you know, normal like, people would be. Yeah. And it's like you can analyze that or you could you could, you could just watch it and be like, they're so cute. Like this, I love wholesome, like fulfilling romance stuff, which which it is, and it, it like it, it can be both really, really well. And I feel like that doesn't um, that doesn't happen often. Where like we, it's either like there's a bunch of drama, you know. It, it's either it, it's usually either like oh Simon's like a bad boyfriend because he made her give up her dreams. It's like no, it's kind of either way. It just depends how you're looking at it. Like she willingly gave up her dreams but then she's like in hindsight should i have you know and it's like just whatever that's just how relationships are this is how the relationship has always worked but he's always been like it's like she jumped to the future to give up everything for him and he only contacted her in the past because he wanted to tell her that he forgave her for leaving him I love that shit so much. And, and like, and like, he just doesn't. He's not. He doesn't like. He's not like a huge asshole or anything. But he's kind of self-centered. He's like any university professor. Just look at him. <laughs> he's he's kind of self-centered, and it, it connects to how he's been this entire miniseries. Just like Fiona, just like Fiona and Cake, Simon is too focused on his own issues to understand how he's affecting the people around him. And he does have empathy for those people and he cares about them. 
but he doesn't understand his own relationship to them. He doesn't understand his own... He doesn't even understand his own relationship and value to Marceline. He's really surprised when yeah. he sees that she did really yeah. badly without him. He, he specifically says, like... He's like he says like and I heard her anyway or something in the main series like is he just referring to like him being Ice King? Yeah, like I think okay. So. I was like, is there something else other than that or <laughs> that I'm forgetting? Okay, anyway, continue. So 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 Bimo takes them to the Ice Kingdom and they and they watch some tapes, and and Fiona's mm-hmm. like, oh this is uh, this isn't good. Yeah. Even though the Everything Bagel song was a masterpiece. Before they get to the Ice Kingdom, they walk past, like, Jerry's little hut True, yeah, Yeah. they do. So so at what point did you guys, like, start realizing what the world was? I thought it was post... I thought it was post-series finale, alternate timeline, come along with me, where Gold wins. Huh. Yeah, I I didn't... I think once, once once we walk past Jerry's thing, I was like... You know, I, I my only thought was like lich something, like something lich, because that would make sense for that to be where his well of power is. So like, this is some lich thing, and then you know, then we go further. I I, I was pretty head empty. I mean, obviously Dude. it's a world where everyone's dead, but I didn't yeah. I didn't connect it to the lore. I was head empty too, and I and I went as far as to embarrass myself by being like, oh, Jerry might be alternate version Mo because they both have normal names, and Bimo said that Jerry fixes things. <laughs> so that's where I was. Um, the order the order at which Bimo says those statements is the main clue, really. Bimo doesn't say Jerry showed up and everyone died. Mm. Bimo says everyone turned into skeletons, and then Jerry showed up, which implies that they all died before he got there. Mm. And um, speaking of everyone turning into skeletons, yeah, yeah, we do see that. <laughs> Hold on, just a little First, bit. we have to yeah. talk about the Everything Bagels song, which okay. is the best song I've ever heard. That's it. <laughs> but oh, oh, my my okay, no, my point about that song that nobody else I've not seen anybody else point out. I remember you is the episode that came out before the Lich Wish arc. Uh-huh. So it makes a lot of sense for that to be one of the last tapes. There. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that actually. Ooh, mic drop. Okay. Anyways, keep. Going. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't in. I remember you. It was in. Uh, it was in. Oh God, you're right. Simon and Marcy just had their heart to heart, and then he died. Um, it wasn't in. I remember you. It was in. Oh wait. Much later episode, but it's possible that she started making that. That is that she used to sing that song all the time because it was her mother's song, and that's uh-huh. how Simon heard it, rather than after stakes. Yeah, my brain for some reason got. Conf- for some reason, I was like, everything bagel, haha. That's everything stays from the hit episode. I remember you. No, that's literally in yeah, season no. <laughs> eight. That's oh okay well yeah but yeah she sang that before that's outside of the episode okay it, yeah it it makes sense not a plot hole another example of me being head empty in this episode is that I did not realize until I saw Jagum's post thank you Jagum for pointing this out to me that that Fiona picked up the ice crown from the drum that he very clearly in the videotape said I put the crown on the drum see I'm so glad that you're <laughs> head empty because I also didn't. Uh, in fact, like to skip ahead very quickly, when she took the crown out at the end, she was like, "I got it at the ice place." The ice I was king like, place, right? I, I I thought she meant like Winter King World somehow, and I was like, "What I do you mean?" She, 
I thought you meant Winter King, and I was like, I thought the crown deactivated, and I was like, what's the explanation behind this? I'm confused. <laughs> it was so dumb. But, like, I saw the skeleton frame, and I, 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 more head empty, I was like, was that, like, some weird, like, haha, if you see it, you see it foreshadowing, like, everyone in this universe dies, and then, like, after the fact, when I read about the episode and like realized the implication of that that is so fucking terrifying that is awful <laughs> it is so eerie i know For first time through i thought that must be some kind of easter egg that must be a glitch in the tape or something but second viewing when you know what's happening and you're seeing it happen horrifying something about the way they did it fills me with like this dread that i have not felt in like my entire life because there's no it's just a it, it just there's no sound. It's completely quiet. They just cut to it. And it's like every single... And like, Bimo could have been having like breakfast with Finn and Jake. And then suddenly it's just, there's no sound. It's just, that's how it is now. Every single... And I'm like, oh my god, I don't like this It wasn't even. All. It wasn't even just Ice King and Gunter. The entire land would have turned white. That's what I'm... And it's like, I don't... Did they ever mention how much time has passed? Like, has, did Bimo say anything? Or I don't think so. Well, presumably... I mean, I, I think every world we visited has pretty much been the same time period they're in, in regular Ooh, which is 12 years post-finale, which was like a few years post that episode. It's probably been 15 years. Well, like, like Ice Prince said he's conquered the crown 100 years ago, but that could have, I don't know. It's like, what I want to know is like, I'm like, how long, like, did Bimo ever mourn? Or is Bimo just in heavy denial the entire time? You know, I'm just wondering about that. I have, like, like a continuity point. So, first of all, I completely agree. That was so, so horrifying. Like, it gave me, it, it gave me, like, it messed with my head. It really has. That, that's just such a scary thing. Yeah, I can't really, I, I, like, can't explain why it affected me. I mean, other than the fact that it is so horrifying. Like, maybe I'm, like, imagine if... I was in that situation where just every other person just turned into a fucking skeleton and you're the only one left. This like... episode ruined my entire yesterday. Like, it ruined my entire yesterday. I was so upset after watching this episode. I was crying and everything. Which sounds ridiculous because nobody else had that reaction. But That's not ridiculous. What are you talking about? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, it's messed up. Like. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was so messed up. It was too messed up. Like, the skeleton thing is so messed up. And even that is difficult enough to bear with on its own. Um, and, like, I thought when I first watched it, I was a bit annoyed because I was like, this is clearly, like, in Finn's Lich Dream, where it's like, ha-ha, everybody's dead, here's a frame of them as skeletons in his video, and I didn't like that because I prefer it when Adventure Time is literal. What I realised after Jagan pointed out the whole crown thing is that it was literal. Like, the world died in less than a frame, and Bimo yeah. was stuck in it, and that is just so so horrifying that's nightmare fuel that's like new phobia everybody um yeah that that broke my brain um it belongs now that would be a really interesting horror ho horrific horror movie concept in my opinion yes i uh my favorite genre is horror i don't i don't know how into horror you are but that, like i said i eat this stuff up as horrifying as it is i was like I mean, oh my too. god chan i have I have, like, a poor mental health continence, so I avoid horror whenever possible. I don't mind some dark things, but I avoid horror whenever possible because it is just too, too much. Um, I just, for me, like, like, I guess we'll talk about this more later, too, with the BMO thing, but, like, the fact that they did show it and how horrible it was, I think, helps hammer the 
the idea that we were talking about earlier, home, which is like, you know, they could be silly and be killing all these people like, ah, oh, it's me, I'm season one Finn, but then it's just like the reality of it really hits. And like this being like the extreme end of the reality just like really hits for me, I think, especially because the show didn't do anything explicitly really like that before. It really like it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I I don't want to say anything about Steven Universe because I bar- I didn't watch it much and I'm not going to be critical of other shows. But you know the common complaints of like oh the characters cry too much so like when they cry it has less meaning. I kind of feel like it's like the fact that this is like this unique very dark thing that happened this one time like it hits really hard for me because it's not something they usually do. I don't take it like oh, they don't usually do this, so this is bad. I take it as like, oh, this is good. Those are my thoughts. That's that's how I feel too. Um, And I also, like, I I had the same sort of reaction where, like, there was just the freeze frame when you're watching, and I was like, oh, that's just, like, to be spooky. It wasn't until later on when people talked about the Wish stuff online where I was like, oh. And that, to me, you know, from, like, a horror perspective, that does make it cooler for me too like i i because i look at it all kind of creatively i feel like so it's just like the fact that they thought to make this kind of connection to do such a gruesome thing i think is just awesome like it just it's like tipsy say she was crying but i was like laughing because I was like, I this, is, this I is crazy i knew you adored these episodes as soon as i saw i know them. and i mean and it's just a perspective thing like i because i'm seeing so many people online being like this was devastating like that was crazy and me meanwhile i'm like i can see why it's like that but the fact that it's like that makes it so interesting to me like to be able to create something that can make people feel like that that's what i'm thinking about like it's amazing that they were able to do that yeah and like it made me it made me feel it made me react as strongly as together again did which is a rare, very rare accomplishment, very rare. I can only feel that way about stuff I'm hyper-invested in in some way and get gun-punched by. Um, but yeah, I don't think that the skeleton, that everyone dying was bad per se, because, uh, like, again, this world existed with advent- Adventure Time, and I think if they could have gotten away with it, they might have done something like this in the main show. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not personally a fan of horror, the genre. I don't come to things to get scared of it. That doesn't sound appealing to me. But you know, when when there's a real gut punch and something I'm hap- I happen to be enjoying for other reasons, you know that 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 can be fun. Like this, this sticks with you. It's and that's art, yeah. baby. Also, also, you know, you guys are saying that this is like a this is new fear unlocked for you. I think Adventure Time introduced me to the concept of nuclear war, and then I've just been scared of that every day of my life. Like, <laughs> you know? Every day of my life, I wake up and I'm like, I could just fucking explode right now. I have you know? that, but with weather. <laughs> For some reason, I'm scared of... One day, there was a really bad storm where I live. And we don't get storms. Just... I'm going on a tangent, but we're going to go on this tangent. Um, <laughs> I'm sleeping, and like my... I There was like a sliding glass door. I think I was sleeping on a couch for some reason. Not relevant, but... There was a sliding glass door, and, it, and like you could see outside. I wake up at like 6 a.m., and all I see is like white smoke or something just wind just everywhere like in this like <laughs> tor like this tor not a tornado but this like vortex out and i'm like what the fuck is happening so i like run upstairs and my mom and sister are like get in the basement i'm like it's the apocalypse it's here 
But <laughs> long story short, it was just a really, really bad hurricane in Rhode Island that I guess I didn't know about. But like in that moment, waking up, seeing the vortex, like I was like, I'm dead now. I've accepted my death. <laughs> and like since then, I always think I'm going to wake up and just have like cat- catastrophic weather to take me because it failed to take me that day. That, Thank you. That's why every day that we get a new Adventure Time episode is a great day. <laughs> that's right, folks. <laughs> that's, that's interesting, though, because, like, it's made me... Adventure Time is very therapeutic, in my opinion, because it takes these yes. dark... It takes these dark concepts, like... You know, like, the Umbrella Academy always has the apocalypse at the end of every season, and it's terrifying and nightmare for you. So. Adventure Time takes dark and terrifying concepts, like being killed or the apocalypse and it makes them seem like less of a threat like even if i think it does it normalizes those things a lot yeah. in a good yeah. way which i agree with um you guys i'm like afraid this is going to be our longest podcast episode yet we're not even done talking about this episode <laughs> should we, should we talk about bemo and get through that bit as fast as possible uh yeah but th- okay well this is going to be sad but i do want to say about that um you know right before it happens my, my, you know, my disappointment was renewed about this one specific thing. Because when, when BMO opened up his front, I was like, is there a chance? Is there a chance that we're finally going to learn about the the Princess Bubblegum battery in BMO? That was like a spoiler <laughs> that we never learned about in the show? And then it didn't happen and he died. Oh my god. Imagine if that was the moment they did that. That would be insane. We're skipping over two things that I have to mention in my notes really fast. Yeah. One of them being, I was head empty as well, Tulip. When I rewatched it, there's literally like a shot of Fiona looking at the drum and you can see the crown peeking out. Mm. And I somehow just didn't. I was just like, haha, drum. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking. And there's another joke that I wrote down, which I thought was really funny, which is she, um, they get to the Candy Kingdom. And she says, like, like she says something like, this place is made of candy? That's, like, one of my top three fantasies. And I'm like, she already said that when Kate could talk, and I'm wondering if we're ever going to learn the third one. (laughs) Please, we need to know. Yeah. Also, Cake was like, I'm going to go eat chocolate, which she she would fucking die if she did that. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, remind me again, when they're walking to the Candy Kingdom, like, did the Simon flashback get to, like, the news? Or the the car scene yet? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I I I didn't realize this. I guess because fake fan. Although like I don't know, I disagree. Fake fan. If you didn't notice this, but like the fact that him getting out of the car is the newspaper clipping from the the main show, and you can even mm-hmm. see Betty in the car and the old thing. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, that was what blew what? my mind. That that was actually yeah. like. Uh, that was like the one thing I I saw spoiled for me before I actually watched these episodes that that picture would be involved somehow. Um, so, you know, I knew that it was happening when it was happening. But then after I watched the episode, I saw it again, and I was like, oh, Betty is there. She was there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I'm, I'm a Simon head, so, like... <laughs> is that what they're uh, called? You know, right, right, even when they were just in the car, I was like, this is gonna show that. I can't believe they're gonna connect that. That's so, like, that's so niche. I really need... I need to, like, be more specific with my notes sometimes, because my next note is Dead World, like, us going there now. That's all I wrote. What does that mean? Uh, I would talk, talk, talk about BMO. Do you have anything else to say about BMO? 
Yeah, um, um, I, I thought that the death scene, yeah, like, this is my number one complaint to this series so far, because like I said, they chose Bimo specifically because he's the ray of hope, but that meant that his death scene felt so mean-spirited and shocking for no good reason. Like, it's, it's like, did it have to go like that? And when he first burnt to a crisp, I thought that he had, like, a brain inside of his monitor, and that, that grossed me out. That horrified <laughs> me. I was not able to eat for, like, most of the day yesterday because of that scene. Um, and I, I felt like they did that because he's the child mascot character, and they knew it would be funny and horrifying, and that removed me. I disagree that that's why they did it. I really do. Like, one, I think it... I think it hammers the point home of how bleak this situation is. Like, you're so used to, like, there being a magic, like, you know, like, solution. And then it's like, shit, they literally don't have any other options left. But in addition to that, I think it served to show Simon how the ultimate sacrifice does not always work out. Like, he's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself. I'm going to sacrifice myself to to save Fiona's world. And like, that's kind of, you know, Bimo is like, I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to do this sacrifice thing. And it just doesn't work. And it's like, shit, like maybe that's not always the answer. And I, I don't know. I feel, I don't think this, I don't think the creator's like, ha ha, kill Bimo. That'll be like, I just, I just <laughs> doesn't seem like, I don't know. I, it really worked for me. And it, t and it does take you out of like what you, ex cause I really was like, I like, I don't know if you said this exactly Tula, but like the heart thing, I was like, oh my god, like, this is gonna be, like, a use for that heart we've always seen. Like, maybe there is some magical properties, and, like, maybe this, blah, 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 but it just doesn't work. And I'm like... And, and right after it, Fiona's like, this is my fault, and, and she's like, we're stuck here, and, it, and it, you feel horrible, and it's like, yeah, that really hits, because, like... Yeah, no matter like, what, it was brutal. It takes it... Oh, I agree. And then, and then it turns into the alarm clock, which is just, like, insult to injury. <laughs> I don't know, man. That hurt me. And it just, like, takes you... I don't know, it puts you in the same headspace as Fiona. And obviously it hurts and it's terrible, but, like, I think it does serve a narrative purpose other than, like, kill Bimo, LOL. And it's horrible. Uh, I, I hate it. I'm not sure. I, I really like that interpretation because that gives it a purpose, which, to this point, I felt it had none. Like, they could have killed Bimo in some other way that was less brutal and felt less like a, you know, a violence joke. Um... Like, less like it was supposed to be a joke. I spoke to a lot of people about this because this was my major hanging out point about the episode in retroactively the miniseries. Um, and most of them agreed that it was too much, but they had different reasons for why they disliked it. So, some people, a couple of people disliked it because Bimo turned into an alarm clock afterwards and that made it more of a joke. Um, that removed them from the moment. Some people really loved it because they liked that sort of gore and violence. Some people really loved the episode but thought that scene was a bit weird and just ignore it. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a beloved character. It's a child character. Here's them dying horribly. When I saw that scene, my first thought was, if you contrast this with all of the other brutal violence that's been in the other episodes, it's like this series sort of gets off on being overly brutal in a way that I don't respect. And if if they can if 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 it felt like if 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 Chan's point is correct, I feel like I didn't need that scene to happen for 
I, I feel like it's not really connected enough. If that's supposed to be the point, then that should be connected to what Simon thinks later. But at the moment, they never drew that connection. I just think, like, how jarring it is and how unnecessary it is, like, helps me feel the point of, like, the hopelessness that they, like, the world was and also how Fiona felt after. Like, I was, like, really, like, like, it's working! Woohoo! They're doing it! Then it's like, holy fuck. And how brutal it was. It was like, this just wasn't gonna work. And Fiona really fucked up with, like, not taking the, not letting Kate take the crown. I don't know. It worked for me narratively, but I also respect your opinion, obviously. Yeah, and I, I, love, just... I love that you have a completely different opinion, that, that you see lots of value in it. That, um, you know, like, because part of it is colored by my own visceral reaction and what I think AT should be. And, you know, my biases against this miniseries being PG-14. Um, yeah. And, like, it's hard to, it's hard to, like, you know, I've never, I've never enjoyed being spiritedness in a TV show. But you don't think it's being spirited. Um, it's also a me problem because, like, when I like something and someone's like, I don't like it, it, like, hits me in the gut. And I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, I was really surprised that you loved these episodes. I was like, they're so bleak. Chan probably hates them. And no, then you I, love them. I, like, I, like I said, I love, like, horror and, like, like all of my favorite media is sad as fuck. <laughs> like, well, most of it. Like, I just, I like exploring that, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so so they're, they're walking to Jerry's place, and Fiona and Cake start singing the Cheers theme. And Simon says, do you, do you know any other songs? <laughs> and that makes me wonder... <laughs> What does he think of that? Like, does he have traumatic memories of being with Marceline? Do, like, is that... Oh, like, absolutely. Is that how he remembers yeah. that moment? Definitely, maybe. Um, but also, his most recent experience with the Cheers theme would be, like, watching it every day at his museum job. That's yeah, funny, actually. He hasn't That's got true. any of the tapes. He's only got Cheers. That, I mean, that must be horrible for him. Because, like, that was the song he sang to not lose himself to the crown when he's trying to protect Marceline, but also the song he hears at work every day. And what's more traumatizing than that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. And then they do, um, and then they do the, I think, the final Betty flashback with that other song by Half Shy. Dude, I, first of all, oh my god, so good. I, I, th their work is so good. And also... They better fucking finish the song in, like, a mm. final episode. Mm. They cut it, and I was like, hello? What are you doing? Well, I wanted to hear the whole thing so bad. We'll definitely get a soundtrack released like we did with Distant Lands, at least. I know, I don't care. We got the whole thing of, uh... We got the whole... I love Cake on the Loose. It was cute, but we got the whole Cake on the Loose, but we're not gonna get the whole that one. Come on. <laughs> It's just I don't know. I love that song. I want. And there was some like really good lyrics in it. Like there was like, uh, one of the again. I've only seen this twice, and I remember it was like, "What's love without a little tragedy?" And like I, I never believed in myself like I believed in you or something like that. But I was like, I was eating up all the lyrics, and I was like, I'm crying. Um, I also but, love uh, in that scene that Betty is using a Walkman because like. <laughs> uh, the Mushroom War happened in 90s or early 2000s theory reigns supreme. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was cute. Uh, oh, yeah. Was this... That happened after the last flashback? Did that happen after the last flashback? Because I... I have some notes on that, too. Hold on. Because uh, I this is, like, one of the best things I've ever heard in my entire life, is when 
he's reading the note he finds in, in that Betty left him. He's like, it was like the author was writing for an audience of one, his own ass. I was <laughs> like, oh my god, it is so funny. It is so cute. I just, I, 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 I really feel like I'm in an alternate timeline. I really do. Um, also, really fast, uh, Celebi from the Discord. I'm as you're familiar. I, I rewatched with her yesterday, and she was the one I talked to. She, she like told me the she, the BMO sacrifice thing. I give her credit for for that. I, I forgot to do that, so yes, credit. Um, the uh, the BMO sacrifice podcast. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that she's like Betty already left, but you might be able to catch her at the bus stop, and the bus stop was like three feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like. He didn't, he didn't have to run or anything. He just was there. Um, so then they meet Jerry. Dude, I... When the Lich was teleported, he didn't even get to participate in like the death and destruction. I always pictured um, season four um, Lich World of Death. Okay, yeah, so I don't know if we clarified this, but in season four, um, the Lich made a wish for the extinction of all life and got teleported to that world. Then Finn made his wish for Farm World, and it was believed that both worlds were erased by Jake making his wish to stop the Lich making his wish, but apparently both of them remained. Um, Prismo probably just said that to make him feel better, but... He didn't even get to participate in the extinction of the world. He just arrived here and has had no purpose ever since and hasn't even got yeah. the willpower to kill Simon and Fiona. He he used the he used the game shark in real life. Am I right, gamers? That's oh, right, right, gamers. <laughs> but I mean it was like he he was so proactively trying to get the Enchiridion too though, so it's like he knew that's how it was gonna be. He was just like, "This is my last resort," because Finn already beat the shit out of me. Well, while while he's while he's working on it, that that's his entire purpose. He doesn't need to like second guess it. Yeah. But after it's done, yeah, that was his entire purpose. <laughs> what now? I do love the like. I think it's a very very different kind of terrifying to have neutral lich. Just like yeah, like he's depressed, but like. <sighs> And like he's still pow- when they when they first see him he he hits them with the cease and then it's like the same thing as the fall from the main series of like oh my god uh, this one I don't really like what does cease mean in this context cease it just means stop stop just <laughs> yeah. don't don't move forward okay but then they do anyway yeah. I mean I think they froze I think they froze in place and then he dragged them forward so like they were it looks stopped. like he just made them fall over. <laughs> I mean, they were about to run, and he just did it for kicks. But... Yeah, he just thought it would be funny. Yeah, for the vine. And, and uh, speaking of neutral lich too, I mean, it's like you know vaguely similar to how um, in the Citadel episode he was just yeah. chilling in Prismo's place for like a year. It's so scary! During the parties made, too, right? Simon made the same mistake that Prismo made, which is what is the one thing that you shouldn't do? Um, in front of a neutral lich you you shouldn't give him a portal to a dimension where he can fulfill his purpose oh <laughs> well who knows i actually didn't think about that do you think his i thought his story was over there i thought he was still just like neutral uh, and he's just like, i mean we'll see them... it was a very very fast moment so it's like yeah. it could lead into i anything. thought he was like they'll be they'll be dealt with by by gold essentially but we yeah. we failed to mention by the way, Scarab meets Bandit from Bluey. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We're too old for that. We're too old for that. <laughs> Hold on. Because I, I just want well, one last thing is that, like, about Cease is that, you know, in, in, other, in any other context with the Lich, you think that that would mean, like, die. I mean, obviously it's not. But that that was that was my first association. Like, whoa, what did he just do to them? And then it was basically nothing. But anyway, yes, we haven't even discussed Scarab's whole plot in this episode. I forgot. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Why does when when I saw when I saw Orbo, I was like, holy hell, Prismo's boss looks exactly how we imagined. Yep. <laughs> and then I love and then, Orbo. And then Orbo says like the boss boss, and I was like, there's so many bosses. <laughs> and I think that that's such a funny because like. They're you know, so pr- teasing pr- it. They've got to show yeah. them in like the last episode or something. They've got to. Yeah. yeah, and and like it was such to begin with in the show, Prismo's boss mentioned a single fucking time, so it was already a really subtle thing. But it's like kind of one of the only remaining super mysteries that could have an answer, and they know that, and that's why they're treating it in this like jokey way of like, oh, who it, is it he, was, guys? Who is the, he? Like, this... and they could still not show him. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't, but I, you know, they must. But I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't either. There's no way that this is the case, right? There's no way that this is the case. But it would be so funny if uh, Prismo's boss's boss was Golbetti. Because then the Scarab would just be like calling yeah. him and be like, Ah, Pr- ah, yes, the boss. I need to tell you about this insolent universe. And then Golbetti just nukes him. Yeah, I don't See, think so. Like, that, that's still technically possible. But, I, you know, I don't think so. Especially because, you know... Simon reminded us that the Lich is the last scholar of Galb. Whatever that means. If that's true, then how could Galb be the boss of a whole other organization or something? Yeah. I, I think, too, something that um, TikTok comments have pointed out to me. Thank you, TikTok. Is, like, the idea, too, of, like, in the grand scheme of this multiverse, Galb could be, like, the Satan. Like, he and, like, you know, so, like, all these time people and all that, Prismo, they're, the boss they're working for is, like, the, the heavenly figure. And it's like gold Wait, is that, even against all of them too. That actually makes sense because of the phones. The the phone that rang had like an yeah. angel and a demon yeah. motif on it. But uh, you know, and also by the way, um, Scarab saying, "You're my boss, but you're not the boss." Yeah. Why don't exactly. I give them a call? They them Prismo's boss confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I'm all I'm all for the theory that Prismo's boss is just gonna be Adamuto. Yes, like, I, I think that would be the fucking funniest it's, thing in the it's world. It's gingerbread, gingerbread Mio from the Candy Kingdom, inexplicably. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, so Lich stuff happens. Something I wanted to talk about that I think is a really cool concept that that they're exploring is like. Prismo is like everyone loves him and he's this cool guy, which is also really funny because they excuse anything he does. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's cool. But I also <laughs> like Scarab questioning that. Like, Prismo has all this power and he's being so casual about it. And that is legitimately a dangerous combination. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I never really thought about that too because I was like, nah, Prismo's cool. Yeah, but yeah. Scarab is also <laughs> dangerous because the only reason. Oh, I know. The only reason he wants to like get Prismo fired is so that he can have the power to himself. So Prismo being cool mm-hmm. about it is actually like, okay, yeah, it's, he's, he's bad at his job, especially now that he's depressed about Jake dying. But. He's he's also yeah. like he's also like safeguarding the time room by being its master and being the man that he is. Yeah, I'm not saying Prismo like shouldn't be him like shouldn't have his position, but I just think it's an interesting like look at like 
all these silly characters and it's like oh yeah like there could be real consequences to being so casual about all those things but yeah i'm not saying scarab's a good replacement that's like the opposite end of the pendulum swing <laughs> yeah I think. um and yeah. like you know beginning of this series simon was trying so hard to summon betty back or whatever and he got fiona and cake instead and this time he's trying to send fiona and cake back into their world you know by doing that the memory of betty causes a spark and he opens the portal to Galb accidentally and the scarab is also there is that i thought i thought specifically the lich sent them do you think simon did it yeah simon did it like, he thought yeah. of betty yeah. in his final moments and that caused the crown to spark because the crown i think i think i called it betty is not gonna let him put on the crown and that's why this portal is opening right now yes man i totally I totally like misunderstood that scene. Whoops. No, yeah, I, I mean thought... it, that scene's chaos on purpose, though. So you know, it's like, Gulp. like the lich being there, like is something. Like what? What is? Because you know the lich works for Gulb or whatever. Like it's all still complete, total mystery. But it could be answered so easily once the next episode starts. I thought like him being the catalyst made him be able to influence the ritual and like was like I'm gonna send them to Gulb for a specific reason. But it makes it makes it's also kind of funny that when he's trying to summon Betty, he summons Fiona and Cake, and when he's trying to do Fiona and Cake, yeah. he does Betty. Yeah. It's, also, I mean, I like just, just really quickly, oh my god, like, his plan was to become Ice King in this dead world and live forever in a world with nobody, just oh so Fiona god, and Cake's world wouldn't die. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that is so messed up. That, that's the only reason Fiona even gave him the crown, because it was the only way that any of them would survive. Yeah. But I mean, he too, he would've, he would've just turned, he would've just turned into Ice King, and it just, like, Ice King would have been fine, you know? Simon would be gone to a degree, like, Ice King wouldn't I think care. he would, though. He would be lonely. Yeah, Ice King isn't he just, He makes like... snowmen. I don't know. He can do that stuff. I feel like, I feel like Ice King would make, like, dirt gunters and just, like, be yeah. fine. And, and anyway, um, you know, Fiona, Fiona saying, like, everybody dies eventually. It's okay. We can just stay the same. And Cake having that conflict of like but i'm me right now i don't want to be not magic anymore and mm -hmm. like that's interesting i wonder if you know going back to their world you know we we predicted it's probably going to remain non-magical but i wonder if you know they're going to bring just a little bit of magic back into it. i mean like Cake i is still feel like anthropomorphic and everything i feel like they will because it's like you know it's like the 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 way the characters are developing it's like because she's like Cake was like, you hated everything about that world. She was like, not everything. And it's like, it's about being happier and, and with what you have and all that. But also like, specifically that line, Fiona, I have a direct quote because I loved that line. She says, everybody dies. Shouldn't they get to die as themselves? That and I was, was like, oh my God. That was an amazing line. That was an amazing line. And I like that Cake is conflicted and it's not like a black and white thing. Like if they go through with it, Simon loses his mind. If they don't go through with it, cake remains non-magical how do you compromise with that how do you and i think the only solution is to separate like that fiona doesn't yeah. fiona doesn't even want to really destroy the coffee shop world what is the compromise what do they do do they bring some magic to the world but not a lot of it and i think uh, that's why i was like maybe it would be more interesting if they brought bimo with them rather than bimo dying because that would be more wholesome for a start but also like They'd have, like, an actual BMO instead of the clock, and then at the end, you'd have the, the series ending, like, in a loop. When Fiona wakes up, it's actual BMO that wakes her up instead of alarm clock BMO. B 
people could still turn back into actual BMO if all of the magical changes are reversed. Like, yeah. What if? What if like that? What if that turning BMO into the alarm clock technically saved BMO because instead of like this ash pile, they turned him into like his basic components, and then if everything, if something happens later, maybe BMO will be okay. Huh. Oh my god! Yeah, that would be. <laughs> well, well, what if when they return to their normal world, then they, you know because they were in the multiverse or something, they start touching things and they become magical. Aw, that'd be cute. <laughs> I don't... That's But that's the interesting thing about this series for me, is, like, I don't know how they're gonna end it. And it's usually, like, you can tell where things are is going. Is Gull Betty gonna do something? I'm so curious, like, and, like, what Gull Betty... Like, how she even will act. Like, how much of that yeah. is Betty? How like, much of that is Gull? Exactly, like, that's still such, such a big question. Because um, I posted some TikToks about, like, gold lore, and a bunch of people are just saying, like, everybody has a different opinion on what actually happened with that wish that she made. So we'll finally actually um, understand it. And I do, I just want to point out, too, that um, in the show's intro, we see future Ooh and we see Fiona and Cake's world, like, on fire. Those are two things we haven't seen happen yet, what? and that's it. We do! Yeah, that's true. The the intro has like Fiona's apartment like being bur- like like it's a, you know, piece of film being burned. Oh. I just like I like I have faith in the writers, but I'm so I am really like I'm like semi nervous slash looking forward to like Gold Betty's appearance because like Gold was so terrifying originally and like It'd be weird if Gold Betty was just like Betty with an echoey voice, which I don't think they do. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I like, how do. are you going to preserve the terrifyingness of Gold, but also be just, like, this is also just Betty. look at what just look at what they did to the Lich in this episode. He says like two things. Like they'll know they'll know what to I, do. I predict they will not answer all our questions. I think it's going to remain somewhat ambiguous. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll get um, a hint about what's going on in there. Yeah, and I'm I'm very I. I'm very excited. You know Um, what would be a really funny ending, and I don't want this to happen, is if, like, Fiona World, you know, is burning down, and they, like, save only the important characters, and then, you know, the the gender swap characters just come out of Simon's head and live in ooh. (laughs) Dude. I have some final thoughts that I must share. One of them being commending Tom Kenny's voice acting for the 80,000th time. Yeah, specifically yeah. when he's doing the gold ritual saying reveal the path and grant me passage he says it with such like more conviction and calmness like in the beginning he was like very like desperate and you can really hear it in the tone like he like i was like oh my god this is so cool but some like implications of the episode that that i talked about yesterday with dom and cell were BMO being like Jerry's really funny and all this stuff like implies that BMO multiple times went to hang out with the Lich, mm-hmm. um, which I think is terrifying <laughs> and also cute. But also, the Lich's beard is braided, which might imply BMO braided his beard. Oh my god! <laughs> and I, I look back at it, I'm like, wait, yeah, right? Like, I don't off... think the Lich is sitting there braiding his beard. Did BMO take off like, his so... pants as well? <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Think about that. But like all the skulls that the lich is sitting on, I was like, did the lich like go and collect everyone's skulls? But then I was like, what if the lich like, what if Bemo collected skulls for the lich? Like it's just all these little 
things that that could have happened. I'm just like can't stop thinking about them. But the braiding beard thing, I can't stop thinking about it. That's all I got. <laughs> that is adorable, man. Um, yeah. Any anything we missed other than Bandit saying say goodbye to your legs to scare? <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's let's end it there then. I have not not much else to say. I've already given like a sort of critical critical review. Uh, yeah, agreed. I, I love the darkness. I love the production value. This has all been really great, and I expect the ending to also be great. Then once again, thanks Chan for the intro and Tipsy for the thumbnail art. Um, there's only one week left of Fiona and Cake. Oh, God. I hate it. Yeah, I've been living, and I'm like, we're back, and now we're now we're leaving. No, <laughs> we're not back anymore. It's. It's not okay. Goodbye. Bye. And we'll see you then. Bye.